In today's episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast, we're joined by Brandon Dent of Woodward Pistons to talk about the Pistons' second day of training camp, some of the things we've heard from Monty Williams. We heard some juicy stuff. We're going to be talking about all of that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head or uh, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. We are joined by Brandon Dent. You can find him over on Twitter at Detroit Kool-Aid. He is the Woodward Sports Pistons beat reporter. You can find him also at Woodward Pistons. He's been at training camp the first two days. We're going to be talking about all this stuff. We got some more quotes from Monty Williams after day two um, of training camp. I want to say right now, I like what I'm hearing from Monty Williams. I like how straight up he's been um, in in these interviews and what he's saying. Doesn't seem yeah. like he's really hiding anything. He's being very straightforward about a lot of stuff, and I like that. Um, so I, I've liked what I've heard from Monty Williams. So just to let you guys know what we'll be talking about throughout the episode. In the second segment, we'll be talking about is what's the battle going on at the back of five position. Monty okay. Williams kind of shed light on that. And then also a player that maybe has been impressing him so far through camp. We'll talk about that a little later as well. But the first place I want to start off with, Brandon, is the starting lineup. So there's been a lot of talk, obviously, throughout the offseason about who, what exactly the starting lineup's going to be. There's a few guys that you can pencil in that we know for sure is going to be in the starting lineup, like Cade. Um, I'd say Isaiah Stewart probably is penciled in. I'd say Jalen Duran's probably penciled in. And before reading this article from James Edwards III of The Athletic, I would have hey, said James Ivy. What'd you say? I said shout out to James. Oh, yeah, James is cool. James is dope. Doing a lot of good stuff over there. Um, I know he got his own podcast starting up, too, with um Vince uh, Vinny Goodwill, mm-hmm. I believe it is. So... Um, definitely you guys should go check that out after you guys listen to Lockdown Pistons, of course. But um, in his article today, he wrote about re- – the, the the title is Reading the Tea Leaves on Monty Williams Starters So Far. And based off the quotes that you've seen from Monty Williams, I don't want to read James' whole article because you guys should be going and paying for the subscription and reading it yourselves. So I'm not going to say the whole thing. But there is a blurb here that I want to read for you guys. I think it's okay to read. Um, and – We'll go from here. So there's a paragraph in this article from James that says, quote, defensively, you feel good about Cunningham, Stewart, Duran, if there's another solid ball-stopping defender alongside them. It's Ivy and Bogdanovich who raise the most questions defensively and are the two most likely, in my opinion, to be overtaken if there is some surprise change of direction with the starters. Rookie Asar Thompson might already be the team's best defender and could be tapped on day one to be the starter. So we've talked about all offseason. Unlocked on Pistons about will Asar Thompson start? If he does start, who's not going to be the starting lineup? And like I said, before reading that article, I thought Jane Ivey was absolutely a shoe to be a starter. There's no way there was literally 0% chance he wouldn't be a starter. And I still think it's a little, I, I can't believe that there's too big of a chance he couldn't, he wouldn't be in the starting lineup. But it seems like from re- reading everything you've heard from James and listening to what Monty Williams has talked about, they're really trying to buy into defense. They're really, really zoning in on defense 
So, Brandon, based off yeah. what you've heard and based off what you've seen or been able to hear from training camp, what do you think about this starting line? What do you think is going on here? Yeah, listen, man, all summer I've been saying if you want the most ready-made kind of offense to hit the court, that's going to be uh, Bojan Bogdanovic just to start the season. I do believe that Asar Thompson is your long-term starter uh, at the three, and I think that he will be there by or sometime around the trade deadline. If not, you know, with the things I'm hearing now, you know, the things that we kind of see now, it, it, it makes you a little bit more eager to see what he can be and what he can do uh, if he was the starter day one. But my whole thing was let's get into training camp and then let's allow that type of play and a little bit of preseason to kind of dictate more. You know what I mean? Just don't pencil it in because we hadn't gotten a look at who Asar Thompson was outside of summer league. But everything that we did get to see, everything that we're kind of hearing, the things that we know, asking them some questions and such in the, the media room, man, they do a great job at make sure they ask like the right questions. You get a feel for the fact that Asar Thompson is very knowledgeable of the game, eager to do whatever he can to, to be out there on the court and all the little things, man. And we already know defensively he's going to he's going to give maximum effort and not just effort. He's very defensively like sound in his principles man so it's just like i believe that he is tailor-made to start day one but um you know we still got to get through a little bit of training camp so i i want to focus on star but there is something else that really is interesting to me in james article again like i mentioned he may seem like that it's ivy and bogdanovich that could be you know that could be seen um going to the bench or maybe getting replaced in the starting line because of their defense. Again, like I mentioned earlier, I just can't Ooh. see any kind of future where Jane Ivy could not start. Um, do you think there's any type of future where Jane Ivy would not be the starting guard next to Kay Cunningham? Bro, it's, it's tough to picture that, especially after the year that he had, you know, and especially with all of the talk and noise being that Cade and Jane Ivy could be the next great backcourt duo for the Detroit Pistons. But, you know, when you hear everything, everything that Monty Williams is saying, this doesn't surprise me, man. I got a chance to look at, I think it was called the Breakthrough Documentary that the Phoenix Suns did on Monty Williams. It gives you kind of a lot of who he is as a person. And the one thing that we know he does is this. They're, they try to be as positionless as possible. They try to be as switchable as possible. He came in through the door, and I know Kelly Oubre, Je Je I think Jevin Carter was there during that time, and he stated – the first thing he does when he comes in through those doors is break down everybody's ego. There's there's no egos when you – there's no positions. There's no – you're not the starter. I don't care who you are. Go out there, work, and earn it because when you go out there and you earn it, rather than the new coaches coming in and giving it to you, that sometimes can be looked at as like favorites. You know, it can look like, all right, I thought this coach was going to come in and do something a little bit different. I thought we were really serious about winning. And honestly, I think that the best way for both Jay and Ivy and the rest of the team is if he goes out there and continues to do what we've already seen him on the path to doing, and that's earn that spot, earn that spot. You know, when he got drafted, we were like, oh, just throw him in there. But by, I think, the second half of the season, what he did when Cade was down, Killian had a good stretch, and then he just kind of started to fall apart. Ivy took control, and I thought that he proved to be, at least from offensive standpoint, uh, a good player defensively I thought throughout the year he started to get better but still it's it's something that Monty Williams was preaching today man uh, not just defense but also another word uh, that begins with the letter d discipline so that's the thing with me man like 
Do I actually believe they could not start Ivy? I refuse to believe that's actually a possibility. I think it might, <laughs> I, like you mentioned, breaking down people's ego and making them realize that hey, you got to come out here and earn this. Just because you were the star last year doesn't mean I'm just going to give you the starting lineup or this, a position in the starting lineup. So do I believe he's going to, like maybe he's making them believe he has to earn it? Yeah, I do. Do I think there's any chance Ivy wouldn't be in the starting lineup? I can't see it. However, I can't see it. <laughs> yeah. However, the bigger takeaway I have from this is it really does seem like Monty, like, like the talk we got from the offseason about defense at the presser. I came on the podcast and said, you know, when you get pressers like that, you hear a lot of positive positive talks. You get everything you want to hear. Like, of course, they're going to give you they're going to give you what you want to hear. They're going to give you positivity. It's not going to be negativity at pressers. But even in training camp now, he's went out of his way both days in training camp to mention, listen, if you don't play defense, you're not playing. He said the first day after training camp, and no blow-by guys. If you're a blow-by guy, you you're, it's going to be hard for you to play on my team. And then today, echoed that defensive uh, mindset again. So I get why James wrote this about Ivy and Bogdanovich. Those two guys are the weak links and defensively. So if there is somebody to have their spot taken, it's the ones who aren't who let me not say buying in that aren't capable maybe of being what Monty wants defensively. So do I think Jane Ivy's not going to be in the rotate or starting lineup? No, but I do think there is a very legit chance. I think it's very, very at this point I might say it's likely that Sar Thompson could be in the starting lineup over Boyan Bogdanovich, and they may go um, K Cunningham, Jane Ivy. Asar Thompson, Stu Duran, and try to play just really sound defense because there is some spacing concerns with that lineup, but they may just try to play defense and attack and transition and play fast and try to take advantage of everyone's athleticism. I think that could be a good idea, um, but it's definitely interesting to see. I, 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 I think Monty's given fans a lot of interesting quotes and a lot of interesting insight just two days um, through, through training camp. What do you think? I do, too. I do, too. He's been very honest. He's been very open. Uh, and he's been an individual, honestly, who's really been straightforward. I'm just going to throw the gauntlet down so that straight in the door, people understand exactly what my MO is. And I think that that's you can't ask for anything more from a coach. If you want to be on the same page with your coach, you want him to be honest with you. You don't want him to come in and just kind of bow down to you. You this coach is supposed to be the one that is taking this team to extremely new heights, bro. Not a bridge coach. He's supposed to be the one that's taking them to new heights. That means they got to follow him. You know what I mean? So when he's coming in and he's letting them know exactly what he's going to expect, you know, it's like any other relationship. You know, you have people, and if they're not telling you exactly what they expect, there's going to be breakdowns. There could be people who get, uh, you know, some uh, a higher sense than they actually should of their actual situation. So that's the thing that I have absolutely loved, man, about – who he is and and you know to go to your your point about the the starting lineup that's the lineup we all want to see i think that from a defensive standpoint we talk about the spacing and the offense you know i got to ask a sort of question about his versatility he's like man there's really no positions and that's what troy has been saying we want to move to more positionless basketball monty williams is a very good coach with those types of systems as well when you got the type of athleticism that the Pistons have, if you put a star in that lineup, when you have the type of defensive length then that they have, you can make up for a little bit of the defensive shortcomings that Ivy might have, but this team is going to live in the transition. You know, what I do like about Ivy is that he can get in and mix it up a little bit in the rebounds. What I do like about a star in the starting lineup is that he's going to rebound. Cade rebounds. Uh, Jalen Duran rebounds. Stewart 
to start last season when he was asked to, he was averaging 10 rebounds a game. That was something that Rob Beard, shout out Rob Beard of Detroit News. That's something he and I were discussing um, to start the season. You know, so I don't think, man, I, anybody who has these fears of spacing the floor when you got two flamethrowers in Bogdanovich and Joe Harris on your team, you don't have to have those worries. All you have to do is go to the bench and sub them in. And what you do, if Bogdanovich starts on the benches, how much easier does it get to potentially have him sub in for Jaden Ivey? That way you can continue to keep four defenders on the court. And if you have to go to a shooter or if Cade needs to come out for a rest or if one of the other guys needs to come out for a rest and you put Bogdanovich in, you got Asar who I think can play the Cade role. I I, I don't think that Asar is just this kind of traditional three, you know, and D type wing. I think that he's very versatile. He played a playmaker's role at overtime. He kind of played that playmaker's role to a degree in summer league. I think that he's going to be a very dynamic, very versatile player who can get really anywhere on the court that he wants. Yeah, man, I, I'm a big fan of Asar. I'm really interested. At training camp's already getting getting everyone hyped up. I can't wait for the preseason <laughs> to see what's going on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Man. So when we come back, we'll talk about what Monty had to say about the backup five battle between James Wiseman mm-hmm. and Marvin Bagley. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Bird Dogs. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts, too, that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion. You want to go out and play basketball, try and go hoop. Wear some bird dogs. You're trying to go golf. You got bird dogs. You want to go on a date. You try and go out with the boys. You want to go to the pool. You want to go work out. You have to go to work. Like all of it, bird dogs fits any occasion out there for you. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Again, that's birddogs.com. Slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So this is going to be a very fun, 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 fun segment for me, Brandon, because. <laughs> Um, this topic is something that I've been very vocal and very strong about. And there's, there's a certain, certain fan base out there that feels very strongly and, and is very loud in their, in their support of a specific player on the team. And let's go. There's, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about, Hey, will the Pistons be trying to run two bigs again? And I've been very vocal in the fact that two bigs, the Pistons do not have the personnel to run two bigs. It makes no sense to run two bigs. It didn't look good last year. It didn't look good in the summer league. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. And for a second there, Monty Williams at the first uh, training camp day, he did say something about Jalen Duran being able to play the four. Um, I don't think you may see Jalen Duran at the four, really. Um, I think he's just trying to hype up his versatility. Um, but overall, that got the two bigs talk started again. Everyone was arguing again. It, it started up. 
However, today, or we're recording this on the fourth, so by the time you guys listen, this will be yesterday. Um, Monty Williams was asked about the backup five position. And for those people who thought maybe you were going to see um, Bagley and James Wiseman in the rotation, that you might see both of them playing together, it's not happening. Monty Williams let us know that they are fighting for the backup five spot. There's only room for one of them. So one of these guys are going to be out the rotation, which means the double big lineup, I mean, they technically could sub Stu out and then sub in whoever wins the backup five and run it with Duran. I don't think that would probably be what they do. But, I mean, technically you could still do it with three bigs in the rotation. But it looks like the two bigs probably is not going to happen, and one of their big men is not going to be in the rotation. Hmm. Brandon, based off what you what you feel and what you've seen, what you've heard throughout the offseason being at training camp, what do you think about this battle going on here between Wiseman and Bagley? I think it's good for the Pistons. I really do. That you know, first and foremost, because you're right, the double big lineup. It was something that I wanted to be able to see work. But when you see those types of lineups work and they have success, they're with honestly people who, in my opinion, have a little bit more versatility than our bigs right now possess. And so I, I don't want them to go out there and try and deal with projects, try and make things happen. It's like they're sitting here now saying they want to compete for 82 games, not learn how to compete like they were saying last year. They said this year the mandate is that you do compete for all 82 games. I don't think they can do that with the two-big lineup. I think that's too much of an experiment. You know, I'm not saying that those players can't play. I'm not saying that those players can't hoop or anything like that. But as it relates to the system that we've seen Monty Williams run in previous regimes and such, it just doesn't fit. Not at all, unless these people are going to be absolute world beaters on defense and play within the scheme on offense. You know, I know he talked a little bit today, Monty, on, you know, James Wiseman is progressing nicely, but as he starts to get further away from the basket, it it starts to become something that kind of stunts that. But if James Wiseman can't play away from the basket, how are you going to be effective in a two-big lineup? And so it's like if the Pistons just don't have the personnel for that, you know, even if someone falls out of the rotation, you want the focus to be on winning. And at least that's what I know I heard from Marvin Bagley at the media day. And we got to speak to James Wiseman today. You know, his first comments were about winning. You know, the team just wants to win. And I hope that that's where it's at. Because it's not as if if James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley lose out on this race. It's not as if those guys are never going to play again. You know what I mean? It's like last year we got into a situation where um, – a lot of our bigs, you know, um, uh, right out the gate, Marvin Bagley, what in preseason, man, got hurt. So it's just like go in there and do work and stay ready. And that's what I've liked about both of those guys. They both trimmed down uh, and lost some weight. They both look a little bit more versatile when we, get, when we do get to see them play. Um, but obviously, I think what's going to make the difference is which person defends the best, honestly. And I, I – I agree about the two bigs, man. I've been very vocal about it. I'm going to continue to be very vocal about it. <laughs> have. I, I have not liked the two bigs. And the thing you've mentioned is that versatility with two bigs. When the teams that run two bigs, or quote-unquote two bigs, it's because they are versatile. They can do multiple things. And like you mentioned, the farther players get away from the basket for the Pistons, they become mm-hmm. worse defenders. And if the Pistons had bigs, multiple bigs that were just like fantastic defenders, then, yeah, then you could say, okay, well, we're going to try to clamp down defensively, but they don't even have those type of bigs. They, like no. Bagley and Wiseman are not great defenders. They they haven't been good defenders thus far through their career. So 
it, the personnel just never made sense. I trusted that Monty was gonna was gonna see that. It seems like he he has seen it. I, I've liked everything I've heard from Monty. Um, but when it comes to the battle between Wiseman and Bagley, the first thing I want to say is that, like you mentioned just now, it's likely that we're gonna see both of them play throughout the season at some point, anyways. Like knock on wood, you don't want to see any player get hurt. Yeah. But what you've seen throughout their careers is, I mean, they haven't been able to play a full season. They, uh, both of them have had injury issues throughout their career. So it's very likely that, you know, again, you don't want to see it happen, but one of them may get hurt and the other one will be able to play. So I, I think it's likely that you're going to see both these guys at some points, some stretches throughout the season, whether it's due to one of them getting hurt or simply yeah. due to one of them maybe playing poorly at one point and maybe giving a chance to another one. So I think you'll see both of them at some point. Second thing is, I'm not going to hide it. Who will win the backup five position? If you don't want to, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. I will go out of my way to say if they are focused on winning, if they're focused on just putting the best, best guy out there, I, I think Marvin Bagley is going to win this spot easily. Yeah, I, I think, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say from a basketball point, it's like you know, it's not dissing anybody, but just from a basketball perspective, what Cade and Marvin Bagley did as soon as they traded for him was like lightning in a bottle, bro. And as soon as Marvin Bagley got hurt last year, that Pistons offense in the preseason and going into the regular season, it bogged down. One of the most consistent questions I asked Casey is, where's your pick and roll? And you know what he said? Where's our pick and roll player? And when they got James Wiseman, where was the pick and roll? It just There, there just wasn't any. So it's like when you're talking about which player can go out there and if you tell him stay in your lane, pick and roll, and get buckets in the paint, that's only that's only Marvin Bagley. You know, I like some of the wrinkles that James Wiseman can bring. I feel like he's a little bit more consistent, um, you know, as it relates to his you know, being able to grab the ball off the rim, dribble down the court and pass it. I like that. But you got Cade, you have Asar, you got Jaden, you got Killian even, you got Monte more. Like, they've added – even Bojan will grab the rim, grab the rebound and just dribble down the court. And so it's like, I don't really know if they're going away from the too big lineup and you have to depend on something. I look at Marvin Bagley almost as somebody who can feel kind of like those roles that Corliss used to come in. Come in, you know, Corliss Williamson for the 04 Pistons. Just come in, get in the paint, open, you know, open up the position and score. And we know that Marvin Bagley, when he's healthy, he's a bucket. He's a proven bucket in this league. So just for me personally, if it's just we talking about the X's and O's of it, I feel like Marvin Bagley has a little bit better chemistry. We're talking about trying to hit the ground running. They, If they're going to do anything this season, it's what they do in those first 20 games. If they falter in those first 20 games, and we went through the whole schedule, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to find yeah, that I, I, I agree, man. I, I think if I have to predict who's going to win it, I think Bagley. I think Bagley's just a better player at this point. I think everything that Wiseman I, – I, th- I, I basically think Bagley's – pretty much a better version of Wiseman right now. Bagley's a better finisher than Wiseman. He's a better lob threat. He has better hands Ooh, than Wiseman. got about the lob threat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of hit on it with the pick and roll stuff. That's basically it. He has better hands than Wiseman. And another thing that I think is going to play a big part based off what Monty has talked about, and then we'll move on to the next segment. But one of the main things that Bagley has over Wiseman I think is going to really play a part here is Bagley is better at securing defensive rebounds, where Wiseman, he, last year, he struggled to box out and, and end defensive possessions, which is a big part of being a defender. 
that was probably Wiseman's biggest. I mean, he had a few flaws defensively, but one of the biggest flaws he had defensively was closing out the defensive possession. And I think Bagley's a, a better rebounder. I think he knows where to be. I, I, Wiseman's young. He hasn't played a lot of games. He needs reps, which is I, I kind of feel bad for him because he needs reps to in order to you know learn the game more and you know get better. But I mean, the Pistons are in position, like you mentioned. I think they're trying to put the best guy out there right now. I think if you're putting the best guy out there, I think it's going to be Marvin Bagley. But we'll see who ends up winning the battle throughout training camp and preseason. All I know is that the best man will win, and whoever wins it, hopefully they do great. Everyone's wanting them to do well. So yeah. um, we'll leave well that said. there. What do you say? That's well said, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. We'll, <laughs> leave, we'll leave that one there. Coming back. Is Killian Hayes already impressing through camp, just through two days? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from one of our sponsors, FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into NFL action in the NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I, last time I checked, this was a few days ago, last time I checked the spread with the Lions game, they were he- they were pretty heavily favored this week, and the Lions are playing really well this year. I have a feeling that they're going to be favored in quite a few games over there on FanDuel. So if you want to get any kind of Lions spreads, player props, the over-under on Jerry Goss passing yards, over-under on Gibbs catches, you can do all that with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get and kick off with the NFL season. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on our podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So, oh, Killian Hayes, the the going to ruffle a lot of feathers because everyone, he's a very controversial player in the Pistons community. Um, the Pistons went out and got Monty Morris. They have Alec Burke still, and they drafted a Marcus Sasser. However, we did hear from Monty Williams today speaking. I mean, he said some nice things about Killian Hayes. I had heard that he's pretty high on Killian Hayes, and he likes how he's able to make plays on both ends after day two of training camp. Brandon, what did you hear today? Is there anything that maybe we did not get to see? What did you hear about Monty Williams when he talked about Killian Hayes at all? Uh, the first time he talked about Killian Hayes, he wasn't even asked about Killian Hayes. They, they, someone asked him about Monte Morris, and he went out of his way to say, because you know, obviously, people believe that Monte Morris is here to take Killian Hayes' spot. You know, and I've just felt this feeling that I think that um, from afar, that there were things that I believe Monte Williams actually liked or appreciated about Killian Hayes. And when he got in there, obviously, he's not just speaking from a standpoint of haven't seen him play or haven't worked with him. He's speaking now from a standpoint of they've been watching him scrimmage. You know, so we know training camp is two days old, but he talked about scrimmages. He talked about things where he saw them playing as well before this, including uh, Isaiah Livers as well. He said he saw Isaiah Livers playing real, real quickly. And he was really dope. Yeah, real, real quickly to further your point here. I had heard 
I had heard throughout the offseason that this was the most Killian Hayes has ever spent at the Pistons practice facility through his career. And we had heard that mm-hmm. to back up your basically to back up your point that they've been scrimmaging a ton. We did hear from Asar and them that they basically had like 10, 11 guys nonstop mm-hmm. the last few weeks at the practice facility to run pickup games. So it wouldn't shock me at all. Thank you for that, bro. If, <laughs> it, it wouldn't shock me at all if Killian Hayes was there for all those games or all those pickup sessions because I had heard that this was the most he's been in Detroit throughout his career so far. But go ahead. Yeah, and I'm glad that you added that because I think it adds a lot more to when they ask him about Monte Morris. He's already saying, look, no, there's nobody's spot is like completely safe. Everyone's going to work and earn their spot. The best players are going to play. And Joe Harris confirmed that on media day. So for him to just kind of, you know, someone asked about Monte Morris, hey, how do you feel about this backup point guard spot and being able to shore certain things up? And he goes, well, you know, Monte Morris, I like him, blah, blah, blah. But Killian Hayes, though, he started talking about his playmaking and um, his two-way ability, you know, his ability to play defense and be one of the better defenders on the squad. Like, this is what we know, at least if Killian just played to his strengths, you know, if he just played to his strengths, it's going to be playmaking and it's going to be his defensive ability. What's happened in years past is he starts to hang his head a little bit low if the shots aren't falling, you know, and that's something that I think you can change by being in the gym. You know, we used to kind of joke about it, like keep Killian in Detroit, keep him in Detroit type of thing. And if there's if the development staff and I know they've been trying to develop players and Cade and Jay Ivey were the focus uh, underneath um, and Jalen Duran underneath Dwayne Casey. But when you get a Killian Hayes now who's kind of maturing, I, it, it might sound weird, but he looks like he's hit like like he's starting to put on that, that the man weight. You know what I mean? He's starting to look like a different player, man. He's starting starting to look and sound more mature. You know, and, and so that's what I'm appreciating about it. And so to hear Monty Williams just kind of switch right over to, oh, a question about Monty Morris. But Killian Hayes, I like his ability to play make. I like his ability to play defense. I like his two-way ability. That, to me, spoke volumes. It is spoke volumes. And I, I don't know if you meant if you said this, and I may have heard you incorrectly. Did he mention him again after that, or was that the only time he had mentioned him? There was another time that Killian Hayes was brought up. I don't – I wish I – um. I wish I would have went back and listened to everything. And uh, I'll definitely I'll go back and listen to some things and shoot it over to you. So if you want to include it in, the, you know, your future podcast or whatnot, you can. But he did say something else. I just I don't want to quote it or say it or even speculate it until I have a chance to go back in and, and listen. But there was something else that was said and it was it was positive for Killian Hayes. So to add on to that, Corey Woods also tweeted, I believe he's the beat writer for the M Live um, yeah. for the Pistons. He also tweeted out that he had that Monty Williams had said multiple good things about Killian Hayes today mm-hmm. after the second day of training camp. So everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I've been a Killian Hayes believer and I still believe in Killian Hayes. However, they have they do have a lot of guards. They have Monty. They uh, they have Alec Burks. They have Sasser. They have obviously Cade and Jaden. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see because. I'll go ahead and say this now that the season's rolling around. I think I can say this now. On multiple different occasions throughout this offseason, I was told that Monty Williams was a big fan of Killian Hayes because of his defensive ability and because of his IQ offensively when it comes to being in the right spots, making the right play, and passing the ball. Now, does this mean that Killian Hayes is going to be in the in the rotation? I don't know. We don't know. I find it, even still with this, how he talked about him this today in training camp, I find it hard to see how exactly he'd be in the rotation but what it does say to me is that Killian Hayes at least is making an impression 
and he is he's fighting for this spot, which I like to hear because I am a guy who believes in Killian Hayes. So do I think there there is one like if Killian Hayes play, I think he obviously he'll he's gonna have to play well in preseason to back up whatever he's doing in training camp that's impressing yeah. Monty Williams. The only there is one area that I think they could get him in some minutes, and I think it could work if he actually plays as well as I had heard that he had a strong off season and that he, he played, he had a really good off season and stayed, like I said earlier, stayed a long time in Detroit was very, very active in Detroit at the practice facility. He was, the, he was the last like Pistons player that was still out there shooting. He was practicing free throws, practicing three point shots as well. Uh, when we got into the gym to start, um, you know, the media session. So he, he's working, man, he's working. I can definitely yeah. vouch for that. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard, I mean, again, I, I don't want to turn this into a Killian, you know, propaganda thing, but yeah, I mean, now that we're closer to the season, I feel like I can say these kind of things. I had heard also that he, the people around him felt like this was the hardest he's worked since being in the NBA in this, this past off season that he is accepting of the fact that he's going to have to fight for minutes this year. So I'm hoping he gets some minutes, yeah. man. I, I want to see him get some minutes, but while I was going to say, um, before I forget the the way I could see them getting him minutes, if he does actually play well and continues to impress Monty Williams, yeah. I mean, they could run a lineup with Monty, Burks, Killian, Boyan, and Bagley off the bench. I think Killian, one of the things that Monty brought up about the fact with Killian defensively is that Killian can probably guard one through three. And he was one of the guy, one of the Pistons' best switching like guards. When he got put like on a bigger guy, maybe at the four, he held his ground. It wasn't he wasn't getting bullied out there. So that's one of the things that I think Monty probably really likes about him, obviously. Yeah. So I think the thing with Killian is that he's a big guard. And like you say, he looks a lot stronger, has long arms. He plays physical defensively. So it allows you to kind of play three guards, but really Killian's able to play up and guard up big and spot, switch. Big body. Yeah. Right. So I think if they want to try to find minutes for him, if he plays well enough and continues to impress, and if they want to try to find minutes for him, I think that's probably the way they can do it is to try to play him at the three position with Monty and Burks and um, with Boyan. If Boyan does come off the bench, um, it could be a SAR if Boyan does start, and then Bagley or Wiseman, whatever, whoever wins the backup five spot. And then Joe Harris would be in the scenario if Killian Hayes breaks the rotation. Joe Harris would be the person I see sitting out the rotation simply because, I mean, he was pretty open to saying that, hey, if I'm not playing, I'll, I'll be cool with it. I don't know if I, I don't know if Alec Burks or any of those guys would be like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm happy to hear I'm happy to hear that Killian Hayes is impressing Monty and. I, I hope he continues to play really well throughout the training camp. I hope he, mm-hmm. I hope it all clicks with him, man. Because there's a player in there. There's a player in there. I hope it clicks with him, man. Goodness, when you look at his trends, you see that there's a player in there, and it's like there's something that's going on up top. But I do want to be fair to Killian Hayes, man. His best stretches sometimes they come when the team is a lot more healthy, and sometimes players need good players around them. I believe that this team being healthy is the best thing that can happen for Killian Hayes, period. You, we said it, he's a playmaker and a defender. You know, we all played those runs. If our shot not on, but your team is cooking, bro, I'm Magic Johnson out there passing to everybody because you know that the guys around you are going to do what they can do. And Killian used to be one of those guys who could make every pass. I still think he's one of those guys. He can make every pass, one-handed, two-handed, bounce pass, long, full court, all of that type of stuff. He could do that. So it's like if you get some players out there, I think that Killian allows, you know, in lineups with like Boyan and Alec Burks, man, I I think that 
if if you play him with the right set of bigs, so you, like say you leave like a Jalen Duran in there, say or if he goes in with like a Marvin Bagley and he can really, really, really play that pick and roll, and you have two solid bona fide shooters on both wings, I think that makes a difference. When you look at Killian Hayes' stats, though, man, the thing that just kind of gives me a little bit, like I'm not saying he's going to be this world beater. I'm saying that he has shown some things. But his potential assists, like that to me, that tells a story. You know, he's getting the ball to players and they're just not hitting shots. That's That's been like a story of his career. And so when that team kind of went down last year, People think, oh, okay, he went down. No, man, like the whole team went down. They lost their pick and roll big in Marvin Bagley. He wasn't as consistent. Uh, Stu went out for a long time. Bogey went out for a long time. There were times when he was running out there with like Jaden Ivey and Eugene Omarui. I, I liked them, but, but what are we what are we really talking about? You know what I mean? When we saw Killian Hayes in preseason last year, and he had the, I think he was tied with Ivy and Cade for the lead in field goal attempts. That was the best he looked. As soon as the season hit and we got Marvin Bagley injured, then we got Cade injured, that man was just in a slump, bro. He he just went into a slump. And I think that he was somebody that prior was dependent upon a lot of his guys. But you said it best, man. That pressure that um and the discipline that, you know, Monty Williams is starting to instill and starting to kind of apply, I don't think this team has been pushed like this. So now Killian knows I have to work. And sometimes we don't know the value or the benefit of work when certain things are just given to us. Now I believe that if he's going to have any shot, it's going to be because he's working. We already know he can play defense. We already know he can pass. But there's a different gear that goes when you're actually putting in that extra work. So I'm hoping it pays dividends. I'm not saying that it's going to. Like you said, I'm glad you said it's not for the killing in propaganda. It's just talking about what Monty Williams is talking about. We didn't provoke him. You know, he he kind of offered that information on Killian Hayes. And like you said, man, throughout the summer, we know, you know, from people we hear and such, he's been trying to put in that work, man, a different route in a different way than he has in the past. So we'll wrap up the podcast with this. Like you mentioned, he's a good playmaker. He's a good defender. Obviously, that's the the two-way ability. Like Monty went out of his way to say, that was very clear to me why I believe that he he was probably going to be a Monty favorite because of his ability to do that. However, I want to wrap it up with this. If Killian wants any chance to break the rotation and be the player that I think he can be in the future, if he breaks the rotation, I think the player he can become, Mm -hmm. he has to become a more efficient player. Right now, this past season, he had a 45.5 true shooting percentage. It was one of the worst in the entire NBA. So does he need yeah. to get up to above league average efficiency to be a good player? No, he doesn't need to because he does other things well. I think that he needs to be hovering around our context matters. He needs to get to around 52, 53 true shooting percentage to where he's below league average, but it's not just it's not one of the worst in the NBA because he has other things that he brings to the table that makes it worth him being out there. If he can get to around there, and he'll be a fine player, but we'll get to see. Hopefully, he continues to impress Monty. Yes. Hopefully, he continues to impress Monty throughout training camp, and hopefully, he plays well in, in preseason because even though people don't like Killian Hayes, fan, there's a lot of fans that just don't like Killian Hayes. If Killian Hayes does impress Monty Williams and earns a spot in the rotation, that is another pick that is playing in the rotation for the Pistons that they made, and it's better to have your picks actually playing instead of having to move on from them and ship them out because they didn't work out. So, I hope it happens. Don't know if it will. It's going to be hard. It's going to be an uphill battle for him because he does have some really good vets in front of him to have to do it for. Mm. But it sounds like that he's open for the competition. He's already impressing Monty Williams. But 
we'll wrap it up right there. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate Thank you, it. Brother. Absolutely, man. You, you guys can follow him. Appreciate you, man. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Detroit Kool-Aid. Obviously, again, like I mentioned earlier, he is the Woodward Sports Pistons beat writer. You can also follow the podcast, Woodward Pistons, um, with Brandon. Does Rod do the episodes with you every episode? Yeah. 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 Oh, there you so, for about 20, 30 minutes. So former Pistons beat writer, I'm sure all of you guys know, but Rod Beard, he does the podcast with Brandon. So check all that out. Thank you, Brandon, again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Appreciate all your coverage and being there, helping out Pistons Twitter with the coverage out there. We all appreciate it. Um, appreciate you, man. Absolutely, man. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Until next time, we'll see what happens in the next day of training camp. Until then. Yes, Peace sir. out.